Everybody warm enough? So, confirmands. Today, you start the race. Not the rat race that our world wants us to run, running faster and faster, harder and harder, working longer and longer, and feeling emptier and emptier. Not that race. It's the race Paul talks about to describe the journey of our faith. The race that begins today. Now, it might be tempting, actually, to think that this is the end of the race, that as you come up here to be confirmed in a little bit, that's the finish line, that you've now achieved it, that you can hang your faith up like a diploma on the wall and go about with your life, finish the race, head into the showers, go to the party later, and move on with life. But that wasn't the race this last year and all the hard work you put in. And this isn't the finish line. That was the warm-up lap. That was the training circuit. And this is the starting line. This isn't a party to celebrate your finishing. This is the crowd that will cheer you on along the way. This is the race. Christianity is a journey, is the way that we follow along with Jesus. It's about going somewhere. And so as we journey together through this life of faith, We continue to strive, we keep persevering, we keep growing, we keep running. So as you begin that journey today, I want to give you a gift, a gift to help you keep running, to sustain you along the way, and to help you know which way to go. That gift is Psalm 1. It's a gift that someone gave me a long time ago, and I want to pass on now to you to guide your way. But before we turn to hear those words, let's all pray together that it might be God who's speaking to us. Lord, it's in your light that we see light. It's in your truth that we find freedom. And it's in your way that we find peace. So come, O Lord, and shine upon us that we may see and know you and that we may have the grace to follow after in your way. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So do whatever you need to do to listen well to these words from the book that we love. Blessed are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law they meditate day and night. They will be like trees replanted by streams of water who yield their fruit in its season, whose leaves never wither. Whatever they do prospers. It's not so with the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. This psalm was numbered one and placed here at the beginning of this book as a guardian into the rest of the psalms. It invites us in, but it invites us to come in in a certain way. 
there are different genres of psalms, different kinds of them, psalms of praise, psalms of lament, psalms of thanksgiving. This is a psalm of wisdom. And the wisdom writings within the Bible are never about abstract principles and ideas. No, true wisdom is practical guidance for how to live well in this life, in this world. It's not about thinking yourself off somewhere else. Wisdom is not abstract. Abstraction is the death of faith. Our faith is meant to be lived, to be put into practice, enacted, run. It cannot remain an idea in your head. And wisdom writing, like this psalm and like the books of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, Job, they seek to show us how practically to live with the grain of the universe, within and not against the grooves of God in the world God created and in our own lives as creatures created by God. And Psalm 1 lays out exactly that. There are two trails, two paths, two ways in which to run the race of this life. One that leads to blessing and one that leads to nothing. It begins, blessed are those, happy are those, truly happy, joyous, contented. This is not about a feeling or an emotion. This is instead an inner rest and bliss and peace that comes to those who are living in the grooves of God. This is a flag waving, a blaze marking out the trail toward living fully and rightly. Blessed are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path sinners tread or sit in the seat of mockers, but whose delight is in the law, the teaching, the instruction of the Lord. And on that law, teaching, instruction, they meditate day and night. The psalm's assumption is profound that for all the good and beautiful diversity in the world, For all of our different individual lives, there are still only two ways to go. It probably doesn't seem like that to you now. It probably seems like there are thousands of paths before you. Or maybe it seems like there aren't really any paths at all, like you're just living your life, like you're just doing your thing, like no one is really headed much of anywhere. But that's the first gift within this psalm. It clarifies and defines and shapes the world around us a little bit. It drops right down into the middle of our lives like one of those signposts that points off to cities in different directions, that New York is 20 miles that way, Moscow is 4,650 feet somewhere over there, and L.A. is 2,400 feet somewhere over there. This signpost, though, only has two directions, only two different ways, and it places us at a crossroads that maybe we never even knew was there. Pointing out paths maybe we didn't see existed, and pointing us to destinations that we certainly can't see from here. One leads off to become like trees, replanted by streams of water that are deep and and strong, Trees that can withstand the storms of life that bear fruit and flourish, that grow out wide to give shade. And the other trail leads off to become like chaff. 
the leftover husks of grain like a dandelion puff, one and it's just gone. To think of life as a trail, as a way, is to ponder what directs us. If there's direction, what's directing our lives? What's guiding and orienting us? Is it the advice of the wicked? Is it the way of sinners? Is it the seat of mockers? And we can translate that one a little better into modern English. Seat of mockers or scoffers. You could just as well translate it one of two ways in English. One is Twitter and the other is cable news, if that helps you to clarify it all. What's directing our lives? What's orienting us deep inside? One of the gifts of this psalm is to know that the company we keep matters. Who are we sitting with? Who are we walking alongside? Whose advice are we listening to? What voices do we allow in? Because they will shape us in the way we go. They'll invite us on one of these two paths, shaping us to either become more like chaff or more like trees. And if you want to become like trees, if you want to be planted firmly, if you want to grow up strong to withstand storms or drought in life, if you want to bear fruit to bless others around you, if you want to stretch out wide to give shade and protection to those who need it in this world, if you want to become like mighty oaks, like Frank and Sarah that guided you through this confirmation year, or like the mentors who walked this trail beside you, or like the many other evergreens that make up this congregation pointing to what God is doing within them and letting us know we're headed along the right trail. If you want to become trees if you want to live your life with the grain of God's universe, if you want to hike this trail of the righteous, run the race with Jesus, there's one thing that makes the difference. There's one thing that directs you in the way you should go. The psalmist says, it's delighting in the law, instruction, teaching of the Lord and meditating on that teaching day and night to delight, to enjoy, to celebrate God's teaching and instruction, the scriptures, and to meditate on it day and night, to, to receive it, to memorize it, to recite it and give it back, to get God's word inside you, but not just the words, because there's nothing magical about the book. It's not about knowing the content or letting your eyes pass over the page long enough each given day. There's no exam to pass. It's about relationship. It's about finding God's voice within it. It's about finding Jesus in it as he comes to you. It's about finding that this book is a portal that opens us into a world charged with the grandeur and grace of God. And to see that God is not an idea or an impersonal force in the universe moving things around for us, but that God came near in Jesus to walk life with you, to guide you along this path, to transplant you from shallow soil beside the river of the water of life that you may bear fruit in your life. But let's be clear, the race we're running is not short. The race we're running is not easy. 
And the way before us is not always clear. So as you begin out on this journey this morning, take this psalm with you. Plant it in your heart as deep as you can that you would always have ready access to these signposts laying out the ways before you. Psalm 1 marks out the two trails ahead of us. It tells us where they lead, to become like chaff or to become trees toward nothingness or blessing and flourishing. And it tells us how to find our way on those trails, how to follow in the way of God. It's to delight and to meditate on God's word, on Jesus, to allow his teaching to shape our heart, our mind, our soul. Do this and your roots will grow deep beside that river. Do this and you will grow tall and wide. You will bear fruit and flourish. And no matter the droughts or storms of life, no matter the difficulty or suffering or turmoil, you will be content and happy because your roots will touch down into a different source. You will not find your feeding in success, in approval of others, in stuff, in money, in popularity. But your roots will reach down into the water of life that flows from the throne and from the Lamb. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, your teaching, your instruction that has been passed down to us, that has been tried and tested. We thank you for the invitation, not just to read this book, but to eat it, to get it inside of us, to set our roots down into it, that we may tap into a deeper source of flourishing in this world than the passing winds around us. And we pray, Lord, for these confirmands, for these two daughters who will be baptized in a moment. We pray that as we come through these waters of baptism, we would again set our roots down here. We would again be nourished and fed by your springs of everlasting life. We would taste of that living water we heard of earlier that satisfies us so that we will never need to drink again. Lord, guide us in your ways and keep us in this faith. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So as we begin uh, baptism and confirmation, as we come to these waters, I want to invite you to hear with me words of Jesus from Matthew 28. His last words as he ascended up into heaven, his instructions to his followers and through them to us. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
Here are also these words of scripture from Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Baptism is the sign and seal of God's promises to this covenant people. In baptism, God promises by grace alone to forgive us of our sins, to adopt us into the body of Christ, the church, to send his Holy Spirit daily to renew and cleanse us and to raise us to eternal life. This promise is made visible in these waters of baptism. Water cleanses, purifies, refreshes, and sustains. Jesus Christ is the living water. Through baptism, Christ calls us now to new obedience, to love and trust God completely, to forsake the evil of this world, and to live a new and a holy life. Yet when we fall into sin, we must not despair of God's mercy nor continue in sin, for baptism is the sign and seal of God's covenant, eternal covenant of grace with us. I invite our elder, Sonia, forward to introduce our families for baptism and our confirmands. The elders of the Wyckoff Reformed Church have welcomed these persons who appeared before them and made profession of their Christian faith. We ask them now to declare their faith before God and Christ's church, that we may rejoice together and welcome them as brothers and sisters in Christ. Alexa Carlson, Brandon Shanley. You can stand right over here on the side by the, next to the communion table or in front of it. Madeline Shanley, 